Welcome to the Rick blog, December 14, 2017. Willful ignorance and education trumps fascism. John Adams said, Let us tenderly and kindly cherish, therefore, the means of knowledge. Let us dare to read, think, speak, and write. 12, 14, 17. Education trumps fascism. Russia was reportedly, reportedly active on social media in the recent special election in Alabama. Russian social media interference corrupted our 2016 general election with the help of American criminals who are on their way to prosecution, as is well known. Putin spent part of yesterday offering his opinions about American domestic politics. He said that Trump was blocked from reforming the health care system by an unreasonable opposition. Putin has identified an American weakness, and he is exploiting it. Many Americans are uneducated and vulnerable to thought control and manipulation. Trump, of course, our great domestic enemy who usurped the presidency by being the figurehead of a misinformation campaign conducted by Putin and wealthy American traitors, Robert Mercer and Steve Bannon, famously improvised the line, we love our low information voters. P.T. Barnum was wrong. Suckers aren't born, they are made. One necessary action that we must take in order to get ourselves out of this quagmire, where our power to determine our own fates has been so threatened by rich gangsters, foreign and domestic, is to emphatically value and support education. Trump and his cabal of stooges for Putin and Mercer and a surprisingly small group of evil American multi-billionaires would have never gained power if more Americans were educated. I am not only speaking of the necessity to have more government funding of public and higher education, although that is, of course, necessary. Our education system itself needs to be reformed. Education is too heavily emphasized today as a means to get a good job. Certainly preparing people for employment is an important goal of education. But education should also prepare people to be human beings. And that subcategory of being human, citizenship, which is merely being human in relation to the body politic. The liberal arts have been de-emphasized by many. How are you going to make any money with an art history degree? This is a tragic mistake. Studies have shown that a background in liberal arts is actually quite helpful to people in technical fields. So there is an economic benefit to be educated in the humanities. More importantly, the liberal arts deflate ego. 
I teach, and there are always several students in my classroom who begin the semester believing that they know all there is to know about a topic that isn't particularly tactical. They claim possession of common sense. And I also see this type of defensiveness at times in social media posts. Engagement in doing the work of the arts requires openly experiencing something without a preconceived notion, reflecting upon it, making observations about it, and finally connecting it and applying it to one's or the world's reality. And this process destroys ego and leads the student to exploration and discovery. Intelligence is something that can be developed. People have different levels of innate intelligence, but everyone can get smarter. Intelligence does not only brighten the mind, it opens the heart. Ignorance is more a question of poor character than lack of intellectual ability. The skills required to master the liberal arts are the skills required for good citizenship, and any decision-making and implementation tasks required of an earnest human being. Observation, critical thinking, reason, logic, organization, discernment, empathy, intuition, and creativity. I make my students read. I make them write. I make them speak publicly. I make them improvise a little. I make them discuss things as a group and work in teams. I make them work alone. I make them work 15 hours per week at these skills and tasks, three in class and 12 on their own. I give them assignments that they have to reflect upon and make choices as, as to the assignment's meaning and as to what is their best response. In other words, I make them think hard. I give my students assignments in which they have to apply their knowledge and skills to their actual lives and the lives of the world. They have to learn that ivory towers are useless and the reason for learning is that it enhances life and it gives tools for excellence in life. Education doesn't have to happen in an academic setting, but it has to happen. Meaningful life is not possible without education. Ignorance has always infuriated me, so I find teaching to be a very gratifying occupation. The stupidity and hard-heartedness of the minority of Americans who support the relatively recent fascist surge is infuriating. It is also understandable. Putin and the rich American traitors employ propaganda that parrots uneducated people's idiotic common sense about the nature of the world. Once the propagandists win the trust of the thick-headed and stone-hearted, they manipulate the mob dumbbells to do their bidding 
even when it opposes the dumbbells' own interests, which they, of course, are too dim to understand. There is a two-step solution to the rise of the dodoocracy. First, we can't let them have any more influence on our lives. As I've said often, we can't debate them. We can only defeat them. You can't reason with a jackass, let alone millions of them. Then we have to educate them and everyone else, including ourselves. We have to make teaching a more respected profession, a frequent teacher's complaint. But we also have to be sure our teachers are worthy of the respect. Teachers, prosecutors, writers, and artists are on the front lines of our war against the ignorance in America, which has become so bad it threatens our nation's very existence. I happen to be a teacher, prosecutor, writer, and artist, and I am proud of it. But those tasks are the tasks of all citizens and all humans, to educate and be educated, to stand against evil and bring it down with justice and decency, to think. Writing is thinking only better, said the fine popular writer David McCullough. We must work on how minds mediate the world and not just wander with empty heads from one pleasant sensation to the next. And to create, to innovate, and come up with alternatives, and not passively accept status quos that disserve us. I will end here again with a favorite quote from John Adams. Perhaps at long last we can reach a moment in time when being an educated human citizen is not a revolutionary or radical act, but is simply the norm. Let us tenderly and kindly cherish, therefore, the means of knowledge. Let us dare to read, think, speak, and write. 12, 13, 17. Willful ignorance. I'm watching Republican congressmen display a willful ignorance of the law in order to smear the Mueller investigation. They claim that many Mueller investigating attorneys are biased against Trump and associates because the attorneys have made political contributions to Democrats. The attorneys have a right to have political points of view like any other citizens. Having a political point of view is zero indication of bias. I was, a I was a litigation counsel for a disciplinary commission. My prosecutions were based on charges of noncompliance with the lawyer's code of professional conduct. The rules are complex and numerous. The Department of Justice has many rules itself, which regulate its attorney's behavior. The DOJ has strict oversight of its attorney's behavior. These attorneys are professionals. It's not in their interest to rig anything. They succeed by being knowledgeable, skilled, and ethical. They aren't politicians. 
The ethic rules protect against bias and other improper conduct in a myriad of ways. There are rules against malicious prosecutions and making frivolous claims. Attorneys can't act with deceit. If the Republicans wanted to make a claim regarding bias, they would have to show evidence that one or more of those specific rules were broken if they wanted to make a valid claim. They don't have any such evidence. So they recite political contributions that every American has a right to make. Mueller's team is the gold standard of American attorneys, the best of the best, particularly with regard to ethics. The only bias being shown this morning, December 13, 2017, is by the congressional Republicans who are not fulfilling their Article II of the United States Constitution responsibility to provide oversight of the president and executive branch. Beyond that, they are subverting their responsibility and are complicit with Trump and associates' misconduct. This may seem quite dry and technical and in the weeds. It is. It is also an assault on the rule of law in America. These evil hacks, doing the malicious bidding of their super-rich donors, who would destroy our democracy and our culture to steal this nation's wealth and subjugate its citizenry. The Republicans in Congress on TV this morning are evil. And that last sentence ends my legal analysis. This scum needs to be stopped forever. Roy Moore and Trump are obvious villains. These enemies are even more dangerous. They employ cunning and make specious arguments in seemingly professional tones. They don't assert a point of view with logic and evidence. They manipulate. To borrow from their lexicon, what they do is satanic. They can't be merely debated. They must be defeated and punished and driven from the halls of power and influence. They are an enemy within. Joe Biden said this morning, December 13, 2017, that Republican senators are decent people. No, they are not. They advocate the destruction of our country and our personal lives. Some may prove to be decent in time, but then they will be Republicans in name only. Lincoln was a Republican in the 1860s. He would not be one now. They are our enemy. I am not being partisan. This is not ultimately political. I am not opposed to Republican policies and strategies. I'm disgusted by them, beyond opposition. And I know they are an existential threat to both our country and our personal lives. We must fight them politically, legally, and morally. I don't want these people to have any power in my country. I can remember when they just crawled on their filthy bellies in the dark margins. Copyright 2017, Richard Thomas.
The Rick Blog Podcast is written and performed by me, Rick Thomas. If you want to contact me, you can reach me at the Rick Blog Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com.